to the Sunshine Podcast with Dora Williams. This is the men's segment, Men, We Need Your Voice. I would like to introduce myself again to you all. My name is Minister Comer from Jacksonville, Florida, and it is a pleasure to share this, this platform with you all. Uh, speaking of the most important things that men need to hear in this hour as we segue into uh, manhood, as we segue into fatherhood, as we segue into um, great friendships and things of that nature. Amen, amen, amen. Tonight I will be speaking of a very powerful teaching uh, and that is in relation to the power of thoughts. How important the power of thoughts are as it relates to our uh, thinking process and how we respond. So, let's go ahead and dive right into this tonight, amen? Let's go ahead and dive right into this. So, uh, as we uh, uh, speak on the power of thoughts, what better way uh, to, to divulge into the subject by defining what it means uh, to have thoughts. Uh, understanding that a thought is a developed intention or plan, something such as an opinion or belief in the mind. The action or process of thinking, serious consideration, reasoning power, a sufficient ground of explanation or logical defense. I want to say that again. Um, a sufficient ground of explanation or of logical defense. One thing that I can say about a man, he has a mechanism to be logical. Uh, in, any, in, in his defense, uh, he always reasons with logic instead of emotion. Um, I don't know of any man that would actually lean more uh, to the emotional ground of thinking. Um, unless that man has not taken the time to define what it means to be a logical thinker. Uh, being a logical thinker, meaning that uh, I stand one principle, uh, the principle of the matter or the truth of the matter, not from an emotionalism or an emotional standpoint, but the logic, the truth, the meat and the potatoes. Uh, in order for me to make a decision that makes sense for the things that that I am either defending or I am questioning, amen? And that makes sense in reference to the things that I am defending or I am questioning. Understand, 2 Corinthians 10 chapter verse 4 says that for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought, pinpoint that, bringing every thought into the obedience, I'm sorry, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. And the truth of the matter is, when we are uh, logical thinkers, we weight everything uh, based off the truth. 
Again, when we are logical and principle thinkers, we weight everything based off of the truth of the matter. And the truth of the matter is uh, there is no uh, grade, there is no in-between. It's either right or wrong. It's either night or day. There is no in-between. Because if we if we process things based off of in-between, we get lost in the gray areas and then things find their way uh, superseding or surpassing us because we got lost in the gray area instead of taking the time uh, to let the truth weight the matter of all things that we are either questioning um, or we are either uh, judging. Uh-huh. We are either questioning or we are comparing it to the truth of the matter. Amen. That's what the book of Proverbs says that uh, just scales, we have to have just scales. Just scales, uh, it is a point of righteousness. You have to have just scales to walk in truth. You can't walk in truth and not have just scales. You have to have just scales in order to be able uh, to think within logic or speak within logic or act within logic. Amen. 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 We have to understand that our thoughts in a matter would be the prerequisite something that is necessary to an end or to the carrying out of a function of how we will respond. We have to understand that our thoughts in a matter, in any matter that you are facing in this moment, how you think about it is how you will respond. The Bible says, according to the book of Proverbs, uh, it says that, it says that, uh, as the word of God says, that as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So if you're thinking about a matter and you're thinking about it without giving uh, truth to the matter, then you're going to respond in a way that goes against what you believe. You're going to respond in a way that goes against what you stand on because you're not you're not processing it from a, a logical aspect. Sometimes we allow the emotionalism of, of, of how we have been uh, uh, consistent in a matter or how we have, have, have stayed in that matter for a long duration to cause us to respond in that matter in a way that it, it speaks against everything that we believe in because we respond too quickly instead of having the opportunity to stand on the truth of the matter. And the truth of the matter is what you believe in. Uh, it, it, I mean, say for instance, if you are a father and you believe in discipline, if you believe that discipline is the right posture for your household, and let's say that, you know, that child has done something that, that the emotional sense of you is tried by the logical aspect of you. What do you mean by that? I mean that because, yes, sometimes those outside of our judgmental parameters or our judgment parameters, they will try to influence us to go about a way or go about a thing in a different aspect than what we believe. What do you mean? What I basically mean is if you are in a uh, two-parent household and so the mother may, may approach it in the emotional stance because that's mama's baby. 
But the father approaches it in a stance that says we have to be logical about this matter. Because if we allow this to continue to go on, then it's going to create a worse. It's going to create a deeper. It's going to create a harder circumstance for that child. So yes, yeah, sometimes, sometimes we can be in a position to where uh, we think logical or we respond logical to the matter. And if we're not careful, the emotional stance of those around us will cause us to change the parameter or the directive of how we are going to approach a matter with the logical sense that God has given us. Uh-huh. with the logical sense that God has given us. So we have to understand that our thoughts in the matter would be the prerequisite for how we will respond. And if you respond on truth, then that child will understand that they shall know the truth and the truth shall set them free. One of the greatest prerequisites that goes against any logic stands, logical stands that we take, it is offenses. Offenses carries the greatest prerequisites as it relates to how we respond. Because I, I, I've been on this earth for 42 years, and, 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 I, and I have not even mastered how to handle offenses other than walking away and, and ignoring what the person says. Uh, or or if, if I say something, uh, I may offend those because how I respond to the matter or to the situation based off how I relate or how I think logically. So sometimes the best way to handle any offense is to let the offender just say what they say. If you know the truth, then you walk away. Don't entertain it. Uh, don't waste your time on it. Because if you waste your time on it, then what 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 happens is we dwell on it for long enough. If we dwell on it long enough, then what happens is the emotional stance of us rises up and then we feel the offense and we respond in a way that goes against what we believe. So one of the, 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 the greatest prerequisites that, that, that would challenge the logical aspect of how we think or who we are is the offenses. Because when the offenses come, as I say, I've been on this earth for 42 years and, 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 and I'm still trying to master offenses. Because the Bible says that offenses shall come. But woe unto them who bring the offenses. And so we have to master ourselves. We have to be the best version of ourselves to master our identity, our stance, and what we believe in to be able to handle offenses whenever they come. We have to understand that even when the offenses come, our atmosphere is very conducive to our thoughts. <laughs> As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Because your atmosphere will create an environment that is conducive to your thoughts. You have to ask yourself, what are you thinking? Why are you thinking it? How are you feeling when you're thinking it? Uh-huh. Is it changing the logical aspect of who you are and leading you to a, a more aggressive, directive individual? Or is it changing you from an offensive stance to where it makes you emotionally weak? To where you don't know how to respond to the offense 
other than give them a piece of your mind. And sometimes giving them a piece of your mind will cause you to walk in a way that it basically destroys whatever character that you have built for yourself. Your atmosphere is conducive to your thoughts. Sometimes you have to change your atmosphere. How do we change our atmosphere? Uh-huh. The Bible says that, and, and with our heart we believe, and with our mouth we speak. Because in order for you to change the atmosphere that is conducive to your thoughts, you have to first change yourself. You have to first change your thoughts. You have to first change your inner being. You have to first change your inner soul. You you have to change. You have to be the best version of yourself that nobody can change your directive of who you are or even change the directive of your thoughts. Because if they have access to your thoughts, they have access to your heart's posture. Because if they can get you to change your heart's posture, they can get you to speak the wrong things at the wrong time. The Bible said, it's not, what's go- it's not what goes in a man that defiles him, but it's what comes out of him because it comes from the heart. And if we think on a matter long enough, it changes our heart's posture and how we will respond. Listen, um, if you were to turn your Bibles to the book of 2 Samuel 13, 1 through 3, and Genesis 4 and 4, we learn about two people that had an opportunity uh, to change their heart's posture. But because they didn't change their heart's posture, they thought of uh, the situation that was before them, and it changed their heart. We have Absalom, who was was, uh, being the defender of his sister's innocence. He was being the defender of his sister's innocence because her innocence was taken. And he was was believing that his father was going to be the great and mighty man that he was and come in and change the whole atmosphere of his household and render judgment on his stepbrother for doing the very thing that he did. Render judgment on Amnon because what Amnon did or because David did not move fast enough to handle the situation, Absalom, because what what he thought in his heart, what he thought in his mind and believed in his heart, he he began to act on it because all the logical sense had left and all he felt was the emotional stance of his sister, how his sister was taken advantage of, how, how she was done wrong, and he wanted to come to the defense of his sister and be her knight in shining armor. Bible says that because his father did not move fast enough, he took it upon himself and he defended his sister's honor and her innocence. You have to ask yourself, uh, are we waiting patiently? Are we believing God? Are we standing on the principle and the logics that we have built as a fortitude for ourselves to be the determining factor of how we will respond before we respond? Because if we are, then we know that the Bible says that uh, his delay is not his denial. 
The Bible also tells us that, that, that victory belongs to the Lord. The Bible also tells us that, that we can endure for night when joy comes in the morning. It also shows us that he will make our enemies our very footstool. He also declares that vengeance is mine and I shall repay thee, says the Lord. But I know sometimes we want to get ahead of ourselves and we want to take care of the situation. We want to be like Absalom. There's a lot of men right now, a lot of men right now who are listening to my voice. They have the Absalom spirit. I'm not going to allow nobody to disrespect my household. Nobody going to disrespect my family. Nobody going to hurt nobody. I would kill you before I allow you to walk this earth and feel like you got the victory over anything that you did. Listen, I understand. We're built to be defenders. <laughs> we're built to be courageous. We're built to go out and be warriors. That's who God called us to be. That's how he created us to be. He called us not to fear anything. But he also gave us uh, gave us a commandment. He says that in the word of God, in the book of Genesis, he declares that we will be responsible for the life that we take. Especially when he showed us through Cain and Abel that there is a price that we have to pay for the life that we take. He even began to tell uh, Israel, Israel, for any man's life that you take the blood, you're going to be punished for it. But what do you do in those matters, in those situations, whenever you, everything in you wants to explode? Because someone has offended you, someone has disturbed your, your, your home, your home atmosphere, someone has disturbed, they have touched your wife, touched your daughter, touched your children, offended every, every person that is connected to you. I understand, my brother, sometimes it's, it's, it's hard because you want, to, you want to defend what God has given you. This is the hour whenever you have to bend your knees and you ask God to give you the strength and give you direction on what to do and how to do it so that he can be able to cover you in the way that he leads you. This is why David, whenever they came back from that journey, the Bible says that David inquired of the Lord. With the men of Ziklag, he, he inquired of the Lord and said, shall I pursue? And the Lord said, certainly pursue and recover all. God is the only one that will give you the strength to handle that everything, but we get in trouble when we try to handle it ourselves because our heart's posture has changed for that moment that we have endured that oppression, that offense, that everything that calls us to get to, to really change our mind about the circumstance, really for a moment change the directive of how we were logical thinkers that now we're going to be emotional wrecks and just tear some things up. Because you offended me, now I'm offending you. But we have to understand, we have to understand that the atmosphere is, is very conducive to how we are going to respond. And if we control the atmosphere by the prayers that we send up, by allowing God to, to, to be the director of, of the atmosphere, control the atmosphere, be the center of our thoughts, uh, be the center of our hearts, our heart's posture, then God comes in and gives us a level of peace that we need to endure the very thing that we need to handle. Listen, secondly, God began to tell Cain, he said, Cain is Cain if you do good. Would you not be accepted? 
Because sometimes we as men, because we're so competitive, we can't handle second place. And especially when second place, when someone is 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 basically taunting us and they're basically uh, taking first place and they're dangling it in the in, in our face to to make mockery to say that nah nanny boo boo. We're very competitive, and sometimes our competitive edge will lead us to a position to where we would take dominance over the very thing that makes us feel inferior makes us feel like we are we are incompetent or make us feel like we honestly don't have it together. We would rather destroy it and live in that moment of accomplishment, even if that moment of accomplishment is the very uh, thing that shall destroy us. Look at what it did to Cain. It destroyed him. He took out what he believed was his, his nemesis, his arch enemy. If you do good, will you not be accepted? But if you don't, sin lies at the door, and his desire is to control you. Control your heart's posture and how you respond, and what you say, and what you feel, how you react, how, how you lose your cool, how you run to the bare bottle, you run to the drugs, you run to the refund, whatever you run to to make yourself feel good for that moment. Uh, that's that very control, that's that very uh, edge of sin that is sent out to control you. But can I help you? We have to understand that our thoughts can be our very destruction. We have to understand that the very thoughts that we think can be our very our own destruction. Proverbs 1.31 says that therefore they shall eat the fruit of their own way and be filled to the full with their own fancies, their own devices, their own imagination, their own fear, their own pain, their own oppression. They will be filled to the full with it. Because uh they shall eat the fruit of their own way, the fruit of their thoughts. The fruit of their heart's posture, even when it's wrong. The fruit, of, the fruit of the very thought that you're thinking right now. You're thinking that you're thinking that you're in third place. You're in fourth place. You're thinking that you'll never be above. You're gonna remain beneath. You're thinking that you're incompetent. You're thinking that you're not successful. You're thinking that you're nobody and nobody cares about you. Nobody loves you. Nobody wants to be there by your side. Nobody wants to encourage you. But the Bible says that, and you should eat the fruit of your own weeds, your own thoughts. And when that thing controls you, it surmounts you, it encumbers you, and then you start behaving in the way as came. Instead of you rejoicing with those who rejoice, now you seek to tear down those who appear to have it all together, who move as if they have it all together, who laugh as if their life is all together. And they're fighting battles and struggles just like you. They're dealing with pain and heartache just like you. They're dealing with defeat and oppression 
just like you. They're dealing with uh, a low self-esteem and, and defeat just like you. But the only difference is they know how to maximize uh-huh, their thoughts and their heart's posture that it does not appear that they are defeated. They wear a smile. They wear a smile. They walk around with gladness, knowing that they're going through the storms of life and the, the struggles of life and the pains of life. They're going through just like you and I. But they have a smile. No one can tell the difference. No one can feel the pain. No one can 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 pick up or discern their broken heart. No one can discern their mental state except God reveals it. Uh-huh. So we have to understand that our thoughts can be our very own destruction. Listen, a person's behavior is conducive to their personal environment and previous learning experience, uh-huh. which speaks of the mental capacity as it relates to their thoughts. See, there are some people, there are some men right now that you'll never know that they have been molested at a young age. You'll never know that they have been raped at a young age. You'll never know that, that they took it to the extreme that nobody loved them and nobody cared, that they sold their body. Uh, they, they have sold their birthright. They have sold their mental. They have sold their soul to the devil himself. There are some men right now that you would never be able to discern or see what they had to go through because God is a redeemer. And when God redeemed them, he healed the broken heart. Uh huh. Just because they smile doesn't mean that everything is all right. Just because they can lift their hands and, and, and say, holy are you, Lord, holy art thou. It doesn't mean that their troubles have ceased. What it means is they have uh, gathered the capacity to, to control their environment, which gives them the strength to control themselves. <laughs> Let me say that again. What they have done is they have gathered the capacity to control their environment that gives them the ability to control themselves. Because if I can control my environment, I can control my mind. I can control my heart's posture. I can control my feelings. I can control my emotional state because I'm controlling my environment. Because if I have my environment together, then that means that I'm gonna keep my mind together. Uh-huh. That's why the Bible says, according to the book of Romans, the 12th chapter, 12 and 2 says, and be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You can't be to your pen. You cannot be conformed to this world because if you be conformed to an environment that is that is foreign to what you want to be, or or, or is 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 if they have any type of uh, aroma or any type of, 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 of any type of position of what you used to be, then it's gonna create a challenge to where you cannot change your mind. But if I create an environment 
light that is totally different from the way uh, that I was dropped at a young age or I was abused at a young age or I was molested at a young age or I was raped at a young age or, or I started using drugs at a young age. Whatever your dysfunction is or whatever you've been through or whatever somebody has done to you throughout your life, if you create a different environment, you control the outcome because you control you. Oh, let me say that again. You control you. This is why God said, he began to tell Cain, he said, Cain, if you do good, will you not be accepted? I'll accept you. Even, even whenever you have those memories of, of what they did to you, if your environment is different, and guess what? Your environment basically tells you that you can go to a place to where you can meet Christ and you can meet the Lord at the foot of the cross. You can be able to make an altar in your home and you can seek the Lord while your environment basically invites his presence in and he comes in and changes your mind. Uh-huh. He changes your mind. He changes the way of how you think. He changes the way of what you feel. He changes your mind. He changes your mind. He changes your mind. He changes your heart. He changes your, your expressionable ability to be vulnerable in the midst of those that have hurt you, that have dropped you, that have done you wrong. He changes your expressionable ability to show that you're vulnerable because he gives you a level of peace that no man can take away. And his peace that he gives surpasses all understanding. They would never know that they ever affected you or broke you or mutilated you I change your directive in any type of way. They would never know that they left you weak or left you for dead because God can change your mind and he can change the way you see life. He can change your perspective. He can change your emotionalism. He can change everything that you've been through. He can change which leads me to my last point. I want to segue uh, into the why of our thoughts. Understand that when Jesus began to speak to Cain, I'm sorry, when God began to speak to Cain in Genesis, the fourth chapter, uh, verse six, the Lord said to Cain, he said, why are you angry? And why has your countenance fallen? A lot of us brothers today are walking around angry because we've been so offended. We've been crippled. We've been dropped by those who said that they love us. We've been mutilated by those who we trusted our hearts with. We've been abandoned by those who gave birth to us. We've been set on the side of the road for slaughter. 
We've been told that we'll never amount to anything. We will never be anything. We will never go anywhere in life. We won't be nothing more than our fathers. And we nothing be in the name of Jesus. We will not be no more than, than, than our father's generation. We're nothing. We have been told you're the reason why your father walked out and you're the reason why I can't keep anybody. And we have heard so many excuses that have left us mutilated, defeated, left us in a position to where we can't even question why anymore. We can't even question why anymore because because we're trying to attend to our own wounds. God asked Cain the question, why has your countenance fallen? Why are you angry? Why are you so angry? Why are you so bitter? Why are you so upset? Why are you so torn? Why? million dollar question. Why is it why is it that, 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 that you allowing that thing to overtake you? Why is it that you're a grown man but you're still dealing with adolescent troubles, adolescent defeat, adolescent pain, adolescent struggle. You're a grown man. You're, you are mentally and emotionally dwarfed. Yes. When that woman sees you, she sees the image of a man. But can she handle the brokenness of the little boy that still remains in the inside? That's just reaching out for somebody to tell them that it's okay to cry about it. It's okay to come out of the dark and cry it's okay because I got you I'm here for you I will protect you I will pray with you I will take the opportunity to stay right there with you and this is the same thing what God was saying to Cain I will be right there with you if you just do the right thing acknowledge your open wounds Acknowledge, acknowledge that you're still dealing with that pain. You're still dealing with that defeat. You're still dealing with that abandonment. Acknowledge it. Let it all out. You have to let it out. If you can't trust a brother, go to a counselor. If you can't trust a counselor, go to the preacher. If you can't go to the preacher, go to God. And give God your heart's posture. You're angry. Even if you wanted to think right, you can't think right because people have done you so wrong and you have you have an inward bitterness and so much inward pain inside of you that it's difficult for you to even say the right thing without quoting the wrong statement first. God says that if you do good, if you tell me where you're hurt, if you tell me how bad the pain feels if you tell me that you can't make it without me if you tell me that you feel like you're wandering aimlessly 
If you tell me that you want me to be your Lord and Savior, if you tell me that you need me late in the midnight hour, if you tell me and be consistent with your heart's posture, I will be right there. I will never leave you nor forsake you. If you do the right thing, I will accept you. Sometimes it's difficult to do the right thing when you're in pain. God said that. Even if you are in pain, confess your faults one to another. Help each other. Be your brother's keeper. No matter what you are enduring, we are here for each other. No matter what, what you are still, what weight you still carry, we're here for each other. You know. Anytime I would go to the gym, I would have a, I would, I would have a spotter. And that spotter is the person that looks down. And he, he keeps you determined. He knows what you can live. At any time that you have difficulty, he's there to help you. And brothers, we have to be the same way. We have to be there to help one another. If the weight is too much, listen, I'm going to live it with just a little energy that I have. And let you do the remaining work. I'm not going to give you all of it, but I'm, I'm going to be there to be that push that you need to get you to where you need to be. And in my conclusion, we have to understand that the main purpose of understanding our thoughts and keeping our thoughts together, controlling our atmosphere, because our thoughts are conducive to our atmosphere. Our thoughts are in relation to our atmosphere. If you don't believe me, uh, get into a bad relationship. And that atmosphere and that relationship is toxic. You will start thinking that I no longer need to be here. You will start thinking the worst about the situation, about yourself, about that person. Because you just want to remove yourself from the atmosphere. Our thoughts are conducive to the atmosphere. This is why the Bible says that in 2 Corinthians 10, 4, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. As I leave you with this word tonight, I encourage you, be the best version of yourself that God has called you to be. Control your atmosphere so that your thoughts may remain in a logical stance. It may remain in a stance that it may be the substratum of who you are. The platform you stand on is the platform that basically says that this is who I am. I'm the best version of myself. God created me in his image and his likeness. I'm going to stand for the word of God. I'm not going to be removed. I'm going to control every airway that is in my household. So the enemy has no way to come in and devour or set any division unto the spoil. Amen. Amen. I pray that something that was said tonight was an encouragement to you. I want you to be encouraged. Control your thoughts. Control your atmosphere. And know that God is with you. Amen. Amen. And 